It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. It's been a while. You look just the same. Consequence Podcast Network. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hey, and welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making your way here. Check out the series. Of course, you know what to do if you uh, if you like what you see, what you hear. Hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover the new ones at all the usual places. That includes Spotify and Apple Podcast at NPR, WFBK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, some of my recent guests on here have included uh, the band Westlife. I had uh, Tommy Stinson of The Replacements, Jerry Harrison of Talking Heads. Uh, Lena Waithe and Rishi Rajani stopped by to talk about the documentary Being Mary Tyler Moore. Had the, uh, let's see, the uh, filmmakers behind the movies Heart of Stone, They Clone Tyrone, and Landscape with Invisible Hand. We talked to Barry Manilow, The Hives, Adina Menzel, Madison Beer, Fosia, Bethany Cosentino of Best Coast, and the 800th episode special. That included, uh, let's see, Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age, Janelle Monet, Keanu Reeves, Suki Waterhouse, Rob Lowe, Monica Bellucci, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. And that's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, I get to talk to an old friend, Julia Steiner, lead singer and, uh, and lead guitarist of uh, Rat Boys. They're back with a brand new record, their fourth album called The Window. Now, Julia, uh, she was an intern of mine early on in her career, so of course we're going to talk about that, reminisce a little bit about on uh, some of the uh, the artists that uh, that she helped me interview. Uh, before we turn our attention to the new record, now the new record is produced by Chris Walla, uh, formerly of Death Cab for Cutie, up at his place in Seattle, so we'll hear all about that. I'm going to ask about how the album carries a, a certain bit of nostalgia and looking back within the lyrics. And Julie is also going to talk about the background of songs like the title track and the opening number, uh, Making Noise for the Ones You Love, and how they both deal with loss, though in separate ways, as well as finding peace by the end of the set and... A bit of the, uh, let's say, uncharacteristic music that they listen to while recording, uh, including acts like Janet Jackson, Def Leppard, but also The Roaches. Uh, all that and more as we talk about The Window. It's Kyle Meredith with Julia Steiner of Rat Boys. Hi. Thanks for having me, Kyle. I'm so excited to have you on here. Uh, I feel like we should have been doing this all along, but... Uh... First off, so so we've got some some fun history. But before I say that, let me compliment you on how incredible 
all of your work has been over the past 10 years, but especially this new record. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to paint this too big right now. It's, it's a, it's a nice little masterpiece that you all have created. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun journey um, from Kentucky to Chicago. And here we are now in the virtual Thunderdome chatting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy to look back and I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of think about how we've been able to keep making music all this time. So it's nice. Yeah. And right from the beginning, it was great. I remember, I want to say maybe if it was Elvis in the freezer, that was the first single I got from you all. And and you sent me an email. So you were an intern for one of my shows, the weekly feed in the past. It's true. Yeah. And so first I should probably apologize because I don't think I was ever (laughs) any great. I I don't know what you call that because it's it's not really a mentor, but uh, interview boss or whatever, or internship boss. Um, But did you learn anything helpful in that whole thing? (laughs) I was going to say, I I mean, not to blow smoke up your your rear, but I I think you were a great boss. And I I did. I mean, God, A, I learned how to, uh, I don't know, just like, you 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 showed me that when like you conduct an interview it's often helpful to not ask direct questions but to kind of like have conversation starters at the ready or kind of like almost let a sentence like trail off and let someone else finish it or or kind of like propose things that way um and i found that really really helpful and like i mean doing a deep dive on all these artists that you were interviewing at the time was I felt like I was just getting to be a music nerd and had an actual excuse to do it and not just you know <laughs> doing it for no reason by myself at home so I remember like we did yeah not a surf St. Vincent like all these all these artists that I was really really into you know when I back then and still am so yeah I don't know I feel like I did learn a lot and it was just cool to to kind of see how the music industry was working from a behind the scenes standpoint so i feel relieved to hear that because i swear every single intern that's ever came through here i think oh god i hope i didn't just waste their time (laughs) no well no and on the contrary i i really wanted to even like hang more but i i was young i was only 20 when when i was your intern and so i i was i found myself bummed that i couldn't like join you and whoever else like at the bars after the shows and stuff i had to go home (laughs) i was always sad about that but hey maybe maybe we can make up for lost time at some point absolutely and and we should do that of course nowadays i'm the one who heads home early i know like you guys take care of the bar i'm 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 going (laughs) (laughs) ain't it funny Uh, time has marched on and uh and taken me with it i believe but but seriously what you have accomplished uh, over this last decade and and what you've done with rap boys so you did so you were you were here in louisville and and you did that you went up to chicago you started the band you put out great music and now you've landed with this new album is this is which album is this is this the third album where it's the fourth 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 yeah. album okay yeah mm-hmm. i forgot one of them that i hated i hated one of those and i said i'll <laughs> never remember that album and that's <laughs> respect i completely respect that <laughs> not at all no, no, but this this is like this is also finds you all doing some new stuff. I mean, um, why did you want to leave to go to Seattle? And how did you end up with Chris Walla, who, of course, used to be with Death Cab, is this incredible producer, one of my all time favorite artists. Like, how did this part of the story end up uh, playing itself out for you? 
Yeah, I mean, well, so we've been a band in Chicago for quite a while now, and we had always made our records here at various studios around the city and with like close friends bars. Um, and it, it was always a really nice experience. Um, but I think in the band, we had always craved some sort of just something different, like kind of pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone a little bit. And in 2020, we kind of we had a lot of time on our hands, like everyone did. And um, we kind of we switched gears from, you know, this tour that we were planning to do. And all of a sudden we were at home and we started in earnest, like working on new music much sooner than we would have otherwise. And we also started kind of brainstorming this like dream, like wish list of people we would want to work with someday or places we would want to go and record like we're all just total music nerds in the band and so there are all these studios that are like you know these like kind of sacred places in our minds and stuff and so yeah Chris Walla was like at the top of that wish list for us um like you said his work with Death Cab for Cutie was for us and kind of the age that we are like those it was a hugely formative band for all four of us growing up um like even, and I know many people in my generation will say this, like them being on that show, The O.C. in like 2003 was like kind of honestly my introduction to indie rock. And so, um, and, and then of course he had done so much awesome work with Tegan and Sarah and um, this band called Foxing that we kind of run in the same circle with. And so we actually got to meet Chris through Foxing at a show that we played together back in 2018. and. So, and we, yeah, we were just huge fans and we kind of ended up just cold calling him and seeing if he'd ever be interested. And it was very surreal that he was indeed interested. So, yeah. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies... Yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E. P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. 
Astapro and Go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Julius Steiner of Rat Boys. I don't know if it's just songwriting or, or, or what the band is doing musically or Chris or all of the above, but there's a feeling on this album. <laughs> Maybe, and I, I don't know if it's just what I'm, I'm, I'm pulling from it for myself. You know, you, you never know yeah. how it lands with each listener, but, but it's completely captured like this, this, this moment in your youth. Yeah. And sure, that's helped a little bit because there's, you know, you even title one of the songs, you know, subtitle one of the songs of Fall 2010, and, and there's references to maps and atlases on there. But, you know, that's even the next generation after me. So it's not like I totally tapped into that myself. But there is something about this album that it's not exactly nostalgic, but it's like a movie, like a coming of age movie that you see that might not even been your generation that you completely feel, if that makes sense. That's an extreme compliment. Yeah. I mean, I always get a little, I'm very self-aware of like how indulgent I can be with like songwriting and with some of these things. I mean, that I want you fall 2010 song is the most indulgent I've ever been. Cause it's literally just me kind of reminiscing on the specifics of you know, a very uh, kind of like distilled time in my life and like literal time period. But yeah, I mean, you never want to like make things that aren't relatable to people, but also I think the experience of kind of noticing time passing and like your life changing and pressing pause and like deliberately looking back is a very relatable experience. And I think that might be the kind of the thing that these songs have in common because there's definitely not like you know an overarching concept to this record but i think the act of doing that and yeah there's a little bit of nostalgia mixed in there that's kind of what this album's about i guess so what did you find when you look back yeah i mean it's interesting to to mainly for me it's like looking back on relationships and family and kind of the bittersweet feeling of like things might not have, you know, been been what I thought they were, but also I can still appreciate all of the good memories. Um, and kind of, yeah, it's like a very kind of surreal, odd feeling to find yourself on this precipice of like, because I, I turned 31 this week. And um, yeah, just like looking back on your youth as a phase of the past um, is a little sad but also really nice and like um yeah i found myself feeling very kind of proud and and you know like there was there's some joy associated with that too so um yeah but it's an interesting feeling and yeah it is a little bit hard to place maybe because there's that moment when you realize that now there's a decade in between the decade that you remember the best and it's totally. like, mm, there's someone. Uh, i'm getting old that's <laughs> crazy and you don't shy away from loss on the record. Right. And in, in, in the most poetic ways, um, that opening track, making noise for the ones you love. And of course the title track. And, I, and, and I've read about the title track because this comes, I'll, I'll let you tell the story, but this comes about with your, your grandparents, right? That's right. Yeah. So the song, the window was the 
maybe the the song on the record that has the most kind of grounding in a specific event of my life or like a real thing that happened, um, which is that, yeah, in, in 2020, my grandma was sick with um, Parkinson's disease and she was kind of fading fast. But of course, with the all the complications that came about in 2020, my grandfather was called to kind of come to her side, but the people at the facility where she was living also said, but we can't, you know, have you physically inside the room or like the building. And so anyway, he basically had to find a workaround and ended up, they kind of said their goodbyes through an open window um, on the ground floor where she was living. And yeah, and, and this all happened in, you know, in Louisville and it's, um, yeah, I, my mom called and told me about this the next day because I couldn't be there obviously um, with all the travel restrictions at the time. Anyway, so yeah, it was just this really kind of um, vivid, image of these two people who had lived their whole lives together kind of having this final moment with this odd kind of disconnect but the connection was still there um and yeah it just immediately i started writing down everything my mom was telling me and um it was just a very kind of a powerful story and my goal was to tell it as clearly and concisely and honestly as possible just because that's kind of who my grandpa is and so it felt like a nice way to honor honor him and, and their relationship and yeah it just it all worked out it's one of those weird things i know this is like a total songwriting cliche but sometimes it feels like you're kind of gifted with something like a, a song is given to you um by a you know an unknown power or something and uh that this song definitely felt that way to me and like i said it is poetic i i feel like i feel like i would have had a hard time separating myself like I would have had resentment about that moment, you know, and yeah, that would have probably seeped in. Let's because that was hard. I mean, we heard that story so many times of people that had to let go like that. And, you know, it's just like, what a not saying anything new, just what a fucking I know. Moment, what you a, know? Was, yeah. What a fucking time. Yeah. I mean, I was so grateful on the one hand that this very compassionate nurse had the foresight to like call my family and say, hey, you should probably come over. And also I was, I was so grateful that my mom, you know, was willing to like relay all of this to me over the phone. Cause it's her parents. Like, you know, she was really, you know, devastated too, but yeah, I, even though I couldn't be there, I was, I felt like I was able to be there just through hearing the story. So that was, that was helpful with me with a little bit of closure, but yeah, what a crazy time. Yeah. How, how does that opening track play into these similar themes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that one is a bit, I wanted to leave that one a bit more open-ended so that it could kind of apply to anyone's relationship. But the way I've thought about it in the past is it's another, it's very connected to the title track because I think they both deal with the like strange ways that we are forced to grieve and like confront the loss of a relationship. And so for that one, to me, it's more about grieving a relationship that ends but not necessarily with death, like kind of grieving someone who's still alive and that relationship. Um, and that's also a very strange <laughs> feeling. Um, but yeah, I that song also though, it's funny that you connect them because that one also kind of felt like a gift. I like woke up another artist, songwriting cliche, whatever. I like woke up in the middle of the night and had that melody in my head and I recorded it into my phone which I don't usually have the like foresight again to wake up and do that. Um, but when I listened back to it, I realized it was the same melody as 
a song I had written like 10 years before. Um, and so it kind of all fell into place really quickly. And yeah, that, that one's special to me too. It's a bit more, a bit more like open-ended maybe, which is nice. You know, are you familiar with the, uh, the Bill Callahan song, I'd Maul Clackshaw? No, I love him though. <laughs> yeah. This is my favorite Bill Callahan song. And the song is about the scenario that you just said. He wrote a song about having a dream about an amazing song. And he woke up in the middle of the night and he reached for his notepad to write down everything and then went back to sleep. He didn't record it again. Maybe he didn't. Yeah. This was in the, I want to say the mid to mid to late 2000s. So I don't know that, you know, the phone was, it had the recording easily accessible. Anyway, that's the, that's the actual song. He's writing a song about a song. And in the song, he wakes up the next morning and reaches for his notepad and it says, I'd maw Clackshaw to day bar <laughs> and, and it's just gibberish and he cannot Dude. remember the melody at all and it ends up being like this amazing song on top i mean it's nice you say it's meta you know but uh that's a way to make the most of it because yeah that is so real like most of the time if i do wake up and sing something into my phone i wake up the next day and it sounds like fur, fur, fur. like i like can't there's no way to decipher what the hell my idea even was so that's right. so that's too real <laughs> And we'll be right back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Julius Steiner of Rat Boys. And, and on the opposite side, you've got these other, th I mean, like the way empty, I mean, and just that repeating, almost like a drill that just fills yeah. out the song. And it's alive, which might be one of my favorite singles of this year. Thanks. I mean such a powerful moment but i gotta imagine those come from a very different place than than the two that we were talking about they feel like they, they or at least they're you know well they are they're, they're a little bit more on the uh like uh, the indie pop indie rock side of things totally yeah i mean yeah each song is kind of i mean they come from the same place mainly because i'm writing about my life and my relationships i'm not great at coming up with fiction or I like to write about other people sometimes, but it's always things that have actually happened, but they're, they're all, I think each song does come from a different place, like emotionally for sure. Empty for me is kind of, I like to say that it's about when you're like so angry that you can't form complete sentences. Um, and yeah, that was for me a time to like kind of exercise my like rage and just play guitar as loud as I possibly could. Um, so that was kind of the emotional color of that song, but then It's Alive, on the other hand, was like me just feeling so like lonely, but also like full of wonder at the same time, you know? I think that's a feeling that maybe a lot of us had at the beginning of the weird period uh, of three years ago. And so, yeah, that that It's Alive was like the first song that kind of, that I wrote in that era of the lockdown and social distancing and everything. And it, it just felt very like, um, kind of like looking out your window and watching the world go by without you. Um, but also feeling like 
united in all of humanity in that experience. It's, it's just very, <laughs> very strange. <laughs> but um, so yeah, it's funny. Like the songs, they they all kind of have their own emotional identity, but they're coming from the same place. So I don't know. When you get a line, then like in Morning Zoo, how long does it take to find the piece that I want? Is there peace at the end of this album? Do you find that? I personally do. This record feels like a circle to me, like it, which maybe I find peace in that kind of the resolution of the last song, even ending on a question um, to me feels very peaceful, even if it might imply that you're still searching for something or I'm still searching for something. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's a great question. It's hard to say. I mean, I don't really know what that piece looks like. Maybe like I, I found peace in my own personal life of finding these bandmates to play with who I feel so fulfilled and who provide such amazing friendship. And also, yeah, just kind of the community that we're a part of. I feel very at peace with our kind of place in that and just the relationships we've been able to make. But as far as the never ending quest to like keep making music and and just figure out how to be alive <laughs> on earth uh maybe that's i that's something yeah that i don't know if that'll ever fully be resolved but sure. i mean we're always pushing right right i mean making peace with that is maybe the goal and so <laughs> I, I feel like i'm on the way there and it, I, I wrote a song down here the new maris the new maria yeah maria yeah. oh i just wrote it down yeah. wrong yeah yeah uh, that's that's the so we recorded 12 songs at the session and that's the one that we decided not to put on the album sequence but that was always the plan um so yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i think we're gonna put that one out next spring if all if all goes well but yeah that's another yeah do you listen to the land of talk you gotta, you gotta check them out. Her, it's a songwriter named Elizabeth Powell, and she writes these really kind of like impressionistic, almost like Fleetwood Mac-esque, like rhythm section, very kind of surreal, like driving instrumentation. I don't know how to describe it, but she's one of my favorite songwriters, and she was definitely a direct inspiration for that song. Yeah, yeah I like her, especially hearing you all talk about the music that you're listening to i mean it's not like a lot of people denies influence on records or whatever but but the fact i think that you all were right up front with that in in whatever context that meant i mean it was on a press release and everything but that line we listen to so much music while making this record like yeah. i can't i can't identify any direct like oh man they but but i think that's cool if you all can you know if you can like yeah. get through there well, and I will say too, I think a lot of the music that we listened to in the studio didn't necessarily like make its way onto the recordings. Like Chris has this whole frame of reference for music that he's a little bit older than I feel like you guys might be the same age. Um, he's, a, he's a few years older than me, but uh, okay, yeah, got it. We're not, got we're it. not far off. Yeah. Yeah. He had all these like points of reference of like 80s music that we weren't necessarily familiar with. Like he's obsessed with janet jackson and like new edition and so and like def leppard like we would be listening to all these like um bands that he loves and then we would show him things that we love and it wasn't necessarily like in order to get a certain sound or like i don't know find a, a tone idea it was more just like uh, a way that we could connect and like open ourselves up to the experience of just like enjoying music in general so 
yeah, I, there are certain things that I like can hear specific things we were going for or like inspirational, like reference points, like I, in the press release, I think we talked about um, the roaches um, and Hammond song, which is their one of their masterpieces. And that was a definite like harmony, vocal harmony influence and things like that. But, but yeah, there was a lot, like it was just a, an awesome time. Like it felt like we were hanging out with an old friend. So. And sometimes that's all it needs. Sometimes it just, you know, it's something to light you up, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. And just a way to like let loose and like laugh and just enjoy ourselves and like kind of just like balk at the audacious, like ridiculous music that exists and we, we would love to be a part of that. So it's cool. Well, it's a damn fine creation. Honestly, the, the record Thanks. is so good. I'm so glad it landed the way it did uh, for whatever internal turmoil you might have gone through emotionally it's uh it's it's beautifully painted thank you kyle i i really appreciate it i'm glad that you enjoy and yeah thank you so much for listening to it too so you know now that you've done three records actually four but three that i'm not gonna you know whatever <laughs> whichever i'll never tell which one that is one that must not be mentioned yes <laughs> no it's so good thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it thank you i i really appreciate it and look at us now how far we've come from the old intern days. We've made it. Can exactly. I Barry Manilow at the end here for us? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and my thanks to Julia. The new Rap Boys album is called The Window, and it's out now. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Again, I do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the entire series. You get three brand new interviews sent to you every single week. That's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists. Discover the new ones at Spotify and Apple Podcast at nprwfpk.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And then after that, head over to wfpk.org. It's right to a show, Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's four hours of classic tracks, the best in new music. We do anniversary spins, lots of music news, bonus interviews. Uh, one of my recent shows had the music of, uh, let's see, John Prine and Lucinda Williams, Tom Waits, Peter Gabriel, Pearl Jam, Portishead, Public Enemy, Counting Crows, Ray LaMontagne, The Kills, Bill Withers and Curtis Mayfield, Etta James, The Runaways... Orla Gartland, Nine Inch Nails, The Flaming Lips, Talking Heads, Suki Waterhouse, Black Pumas, Izzo Fitzroy, R.E.M., Radiohead, Slow Dive, and my interview with actress Elizabeth Perkins, who you'll remember from uh, movies like uh, Big and About Last Night and Weeds and The After Party 2. We actually got to talk about the, uh, the second season of Minx that she's also starring in right now. And that's just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m., at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. Of course, you can also catch me on any of the social medias. The name is always at Kyle Meredith. So I hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. And I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. <laughs> yeah, I'm just admiring all the posters behind you. I love that Tegan and Sarah poster too. I have a little like mini poster of them like right next to my bed, like right above the lamp on my nightstand. And I just love, <laughs> it sounds so weird. I just love looking at it. Like when I, when I turn off my lamp, it almost feels like they're watching over me or something.
It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.